Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Hallelujah. Well, I had my date with Jesus on Wednesday, which is what I do. If I'm preaching anywhere, well, whether I'm preaching anywhere or not, every Wednesday from 8 to 10 a.m., you cannot get a hold of me. Usually, I am on a date with Jesus. I'm locking myself in a room, and I'm saying, Lord Jesus, what are you saying to your people? Because this is his church. Amen? Like, this isn't Jimmy and Gigi's church. This isn't my church. This isn't Scott Tracy's church. This is the Lord's church. It's only one true church, and it's God's church. <laughs> so if we want to be the true church, we got to look to the head that we have. Right? Come on, somebody. All right? So I submit myself to the Lord. I say, Lord, I got a lot of things to say. Got a lot of stuff going on up here. But what are you saying to your church? And he said one word. He said, release. And I was like, uh. <laughs> Amen. Yes, Lord. Release what? <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't sound like a sentence, you know. <laughs> and then he goes, release it all. I know that wasn't mean share everything you've ever learned about Jesus on Sunday and keep them there for 10 hours. Don't worry. It was what he's saying to us. Release it all. Release it all. I believe the Lord is calling us to hold on loosely. And one of my, my spiritual father, Lynn Harper, says the only places of stress in our spiritual walk are when we close our hands around what God gave us. If you have your hands open... There's no stress because it's his. It's still his. Amen? So I'm going to share a very simple statement. I'm going to repeat it the whole time because I like to give you the bottom line and I like to repeat it. Drill it in there. This is the good version of washing your brain. Okay? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a bad joke. I keep saying it, though, because it makes me laugh. Uh, here it is. You ready? This might sound simple, and it is, but it doesn't make it any more, any less powerful. To advance the kingdom of God, you have to keep moving. To advance the kingdom, you have to keep moving. There is no advancing the kingdom if you're standing still. We cannot hope to camp out in one place. We must only hope to keep pace with the king. The worst enemy, you've probably heard this said, and it's so true, the worst enemy of the next move of God is the last move of God. <laughs> That's the worst enemy of what God wants to do. Because what we do as humans is we build monuments around the past instead of moving forward into the future. And we sit around those monuments and we say, this is the good stuff. This is the good old days. You know? Why can't it be the way it used to be? You know, there's a verse in the Ecclesiastes that says, do not wish for the good old days. It is not wise. I don't have the address, but it's in there. Ecclesiastes 7, maybe? I don't know. Google it. <laughs> Google it. Don't wish for the good old days. It is not wise. Why? Because God doesn't do the next thing, y'all. He does the new thing. He does not do the next thing. So if we're like, this is what God did. Here's what's coming next. You're in trouble. You're in trouble already. You're trying to hem God in. Let me help you. He loves to break boxes. He loves. He doesn't fit in your box. We have agreement in the room today. And the rest of you are just going to have to get there. <laughs> All right? <laughs> when we build monuments around the past, we're unable to move forward into the future. 
We should honor what God has done. Amen. Honor the church fathers. Honor the Bible. But I can't stand it when people say, oh, if we could just get back to the book of Acts. That is not the plan. Okay. You want to get back to the book of Acts? Okay. Let's get the temple rebuilt. Meet there for prayer three times a day. Meet in houses and in the temple. Let's do that. And by the way, no live streams, only letters. I have to write a physical letter to all the churches. All right, no YouTube, none. Hello? Sounds like a really bad idea already. I could keep going. Let's get back to the book of Acts. You're like, oh, what we mean is the essence of the book of Acts. All right. Okay. Did you know the book of Acts is a seed? And all of its essence is still in it? The seed carries everything the tree needs to be, what the tree needs to become, right? It carries everything. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is like a seed. When planted, becomes the tallest tree in the garden. So we're trying to chop down the tree God is growing because we really want the seed. It's foolishness. Foolish. I love you. Did I tell you I love you yet? I love you. <laughs> I love you. If things are not changing, then we are not moving. I know, you're like, oh, I hate change. How many of you would like love the plan? Do you love a plan? Anybody raise your hand? Raise your hand. Okay, keep them up and look around. Higher, higher, higher. Look around so you're not, you're not alone. You love the plan. You love the plan. Get with the real plan. Your plan is not going to happen. All right? The plan is not the plan. His plan is the plan. The man makes his plans, but the Lord orders his steps. Some of you are groaning right now on the inside. I know. You're like, oh, I really want to plan it out. Really want to understand it. Well, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. I could keep hitting this thing with tons of scripture, all right? But I think you're getting it. We have to hold loosely. We have to release it all to him. If things are not changing, then we are not moving. You're like, this is a great, this is home. I love it. This place, we, this is where we do this. This is where we worship. Let me help you. We are not going to be here forever. I am actively looking for a new place because we keep hitting capacity in kids. We keep hitting capacity in here. You know what that says to me? We can't minister to more families who don't know Jesus or who barely know Jesus because there's a lot of those. Okay. So just get used to not being used to anything. <laughs> you hate me. It's okay. If we are moving forward, then everything's going to change. I don't like that Kayla doesn't speak as much at Tampa. I know. I hear your thoughts. I hear them. I hear them. You don't say it, but you think it real loud, loud enough for me to hear. Jimmy's awesome, and I need what he's saying, and I get convicted every time. But I wish for the good old days of Kayla was preaching every Sunday. Sorry, we got four campuses. I'm actively looking to do more. All right? I'm speaking at other churches right now. Like, I'm bringing the message of this house to other churches. I'm being invited to do that. If things are not changing, then we're not moving. And if we're moving, then everything's going to change. And you're like, I want a monument. I really like it. I built it. I spent a lot of time in my mind thinking about it. I crafted it. It's called an idol. If you worship the last move of God, you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping what his hands did yesterday. And you're crafting memories around it. That's you making idols. So imagine this. Imagine you're driving in your car, 
and now you're going from one place to another, but the scenery stays the same. Would you question that? Would you wonder, am I in the Truman Show? What's happening? Would you, like, am I, is this a green screen? Am I actually in the Matrix? Is this a simulation? I knew it. I knew it, right? Robots control the world. That would be the, the logical line of questioning, right? If you got in your car today to go home and nothing changed, you stayed in that parking lot, no scenery changed, would you be actually moving? No. It's not a trick question. No. No, you would not. If you go from one place to another, the scenery changes. If you go far enough, the weather will completely change. In Florida, you go to the next street over, and the weather can be completely different. You know what I'm saying? Like out this window, it's good. Out that window, it's like hell. It's breaking loose, you know, like the storm clouds roll in. You know, so if you go from one to another, the roads change. The trees change. Everything changes. It's the same in the spirit and in the church, and we are each so resistant to that reality. We like our preacher. We like our worship team. We like that chair we sit in every week. I have a half a mind to make you all move right now out of your chair. You would be so bothered. I'm kind. I'm not going to do it. I love you. <laughs> I sit here every Sunday. This is how we've always done it, brother. Who's heard these things? This is how it's always been done. Yeah. Nauseating. To the Godhead. I believe that is nauseating to Jesus. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I said, behold, I do an old thing. I remember when, behold, I make all things old was put into holy writ. I remember when I said, behold, you are an old creature. No. Behold, I make all things new. I do a new thing. I tell you beforehand so that you will see it as it springs up. Come on. He doesn't do the next thing. He does a new thing. So if you're, like, forming in your mind, ooh, four campuses, ah, number five's coming. Maybe, maybe not. We're holding on loosely. <laughs> Hello? Is it his plan or not? That's the question. It's his plan. And I'm going to show you some of these. Uh, we, believe, we love the Bible. We want to look in the Word. We want to see these things. Not take ideas to the Word, but get ideas from the Word. So as I asked the Lord that question, he started speaking to me. And I hope that all this, I'm using our church as a context because it's our birthday, but I hope you're seeing in your family the season's going to change. Don't force the last season on, this, on your family in this season. Hello, the way you study your Bible is going to change. Maybe the reason you're dry is because you're not going to the well God's pouring in. And you're drawing from an empty well that is for the last season but not for this season. Maybe you're mad at God because he's not doing something, but what you're trying to do is to get him to do something you like that he did before, but he's doing a new thing. You need to get with the program. It's his program. Tell your neighbor, it's his program. It's his program. No, mean it. Come on, mean it. Say it to somebody. It's his program. It's not my program. It's his program. God is sovereign. God can do whatever he wants, and he always does whatever he wants. Are you with me? Okay, let's read in Scripture so, um, a potent example of this. This is in Matthew 11. This is when Jesus is speaking of John the Baptist. John the Baptist has come on the scene, prepared the way for the Lord. He's been baptizing people, calling them to repentance because one greater than he is coming, right? One greater than he is coming. And this is what Jesus says. 
the greater one. Matthew 11, 11 through 12 says, For I tell you the truth, throughout history, there, was, there has never been a man who surpasses John the baptizer. Yet the least of those who now experience heaven's kingdom will become even greater than he. People are like, oh, I just wish we had another John the Baptist. You're greater than John the Baptist. And you don't know it because you, you want the old, not the new. I wish, I just wish we had that call for repentance like we used to. Okay. I believe in repentance. But how God is calling it is new. Evangelism methods of old, the Jesus movement was great, but it's steeped in punishment, bro. Steeped in punishment, fear of hell more than love of heaven, and certainly more than love of hev the heavenly man. So your evangelism method, your, your perspective on God, the way people do church, it's all got to be held loosely because of these, this right here. He says, even the least in the kingdom. You think you're the least in the kingdom? Like, okay, cool. You're greater than the greatest of the old covenant, according to Jesus. Like, no, 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 no. If John was living my life, it, oh, man, John, that would be up. From the moment, he goes on, from the moment, verse 12, I believe, from the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, the realm of heaven, heaven's kingdom is bursting forth, and the passionate people have taken hold of its power. The kingdom of heaven is advancing, and the violent take it by force, many translations say. That violence isn't physical violence. It's spiritual violence. It's passion. It says, I don't care what you throw at me. I am going to see peace reign in my city. It's done already. I'm going to move that rock up the hill till it tips over or it tips on me. It is until peace reigns and nothing else. Give me your best shot. Seriously. I said it a few weeks ago. I don't have a death wish, but you can't threaten me with heaven. So bring it on, devil. Like, whatever. You think that's dangerous. I am dangerous. We need some more dangerous Christians. Instead of the professional Christians who have all the answers, I have very few. I have one. Jesus is king. And peace will reign because he is the prince of peace. Or you just want to go back to doing church? Just want to sing a few songs, three points in a poem, go home. Nothing changes. No, thank you. I'm just asking what you want. I'm asking what you want. I know what I'm going to do already, but I'm asking if anybody wants the same thing. He goes on in this chapter, Matthew 11. I love how Jesus like, gets in your face about something and then gets more in your face about that same thing. It's just this pattern I see in Scripture. Or he doesn't leave it alone. There's, I got in trouble on TikTok uh, for posting a quote from when I was speaking at Abide Church. I just basically said, if you're offended, it's your problem. I don't even know about it. So steward your heart. You know, guard your own heart. Like, let's go. If, if the word of God offends you, like, that's your problem. And, man, the heat on TikTok. Woo! They're like, I would leave this church. I'm like, you would also walk away from Jesus because that's how he talked. He's like, there's even a moment, I think it's Matthew 15, where Jesus is giving the Pharisees a lashing. Just one of those times where he's just like tearing them up. Let me help you. Like Jesus is calling out the Caleb's and the Jimmy's and the Gigi's, the church leaders, the Scots, and telling them that they're just wicked, nasty people. 
And the disciples come to Jesus. This is Matthew 15. He goes, they go, Master, do you know you're offending them? Are you ignorant of the fact that you're offending them? And one translation says, offending them and us. <laughs> and he looks at them and then turns the heat up even more and calls them sons of the devil. Doesn't just talk about the works. He says, you are of your father, the devil. He starts drilling in even more. So I'm giving you a nicer sermon than Jesus would, most likely. It's just we can't, it's not palatable to the professional Christian. The kingdom is like a foreign taste to the know-it-all believer in the Western church. It's like, I don't even know what to do with that. Yeah, because you've been drinking from the wrong well. You've been drinking from your ideologies and not his ideas. You've been putting your perspective on scripture instead of losing it for the sake of his. Your life matters more than his life. Did I mention I love you? I just want to come back to that. He goes on. Jesus goes on to just drill it home. Later in the same chapter, Matthew 11, verse 17 through 19, he says, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him. A glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. <sighs> they called Jesus a drunk. Need, need I explain? <laughs> Must I, is Jesus romanticizing the history? Is he making the story more dramatic than it was? Is Jesus a pathological liar who lies and uh, embellishes history? So that others think of him a certain way? Are you following me right now? Like he said that, that means they were saying it. They said, John has a demon. They said, that guy's drunk. <laughs> oh, I don't think you're getting this. I don't think you're getting it. They could not deal with the very vessel God sent them. Their preferences were more important than the truth. Idol worship. If your understanding of the scripture is more important than the truth itself, you worship idols. That's why I say, whenever I speak in a new place, I say, say this with me. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth. Just trying to smash the foundation of the idol, like, you know, before it falls over. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth, even if it makes me wrong. Amen? Come on. He says, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. See, because the church age of that day, semi-ordained by God, was to separate from sinners. That was what God did. He literally told them, get out of there. Do not mingle. Separate yourselves. Clean your robes. All this stuff. There's laws about it. Like, from God. So they were not shifting into the new season. They couldn't stomach it. Are you with me? Come on, let's not be those people. He says, yet wisdom is justified by her what? Children, deeds. What happens because of what I did? What is the fruit? What is the offspring of the effort? I've been called a false teacher a lot of times. I said, judge the fruit, not the vessel. 
you don't like the way I'm giving it to you. And you don't like the fact I'm challenging your understanding of Scripture. I don't like it when people do that to me either. But that doesn't make someone false. A false teacher leads people away from Jesus, not to him. Judge my fruit. Judge me. Please judge me strictly on that. Judge me, bro. Like people say, don't judge me. I'm like, no, come on. Bring it. Judge me. Ask my people. Ask my team. Ask my family. Ask the people in my church. Are they more in love with Jesus or less because I've been in their life? You ask them. And you're just upset about the packaging. All I am is a mailman. You understand? I'm just a mailman. I deliver the mail. I deliver heaven's mail. I told you. I said, now, Lord, what do you say? I write it down and I deliver it. You don't get mad at the mailman for sending you bills. You mad at the mailman? You get mad at the mailman for that? You got a problem. You have an issue up here. You know it's not from him. I'm just the mailman. I don't come in and interpret the mail for you. I don't sit there. I don't come in your house. And the mailman doesn't come in your house. Open it. Read it. Are you sure you're okay with this? Should I take it back? Did you not? Oh, that, that hurt the way that, that bill collector wrote you? I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take That was mean. Let me take it back. Those meanie faces. No. Special delivery. <laughs> Here it is. We have to release our preferences if we're going to keep in step with the Spirit. Your personal preference in your life, in your calendar, in your family, in your workplace, at your church, your personal preferences have to be released if you want to keep in step with the Spirit. Otherwise, it will trip you up. It will trip you up. I say it to our team all the time. I've, I've said it from this stage. We refuse to place any system we have above the spirit of the living God. Because anytime you take a system and put it above the spirit, it becomes pure evil. It is evil. The system of Sunday morning gatherings, that is in subjection to the spirit. If Holy Spirit says shut them down, we're shutting them down. You might not like it. I don't care. We're not doing that. That's not on the plan, just so you know. The Lord hasn't said that. But I'm trying to be potent right now. Like, whatever the Lord wants is what the Lord wants. If the Lord says, hey, happy birthday, close your church, we will close this church. You understand? We don't need this. We need him. We need him. I don't need this. I love it. I've grown to love it. Didn't like it at first. I love it, but I don't need it. That's when God can trust you with it. Listen to John 3.8. Man, just going to, if you hadn't had enough, here's some more. <laughs> <laughs> John 3, 8. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Nick at night, you know, the original Nick at night. And he says, for <laughs> he's a drunk. Yeah. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. Oh, so many are trying to make Holy Spirit blow the way they want. Come on. Come on, Holy. Come on. Come on. Here, boy. Come, come. Come. Speak. Speak. Speak, speak, speak. You spoke before. You did it before. Come on. You know how to do it. Come on. Oh, he's not in the mood. Sorry. Not in the mood. Come back later. You upset about Jesus calling a woman a dog? Why are you treating the Holy Spirit like one? Jesus called a woman a dog once. 
Read your Bibles, man. <laughs> You'll be way less offended at me. <laughs> I got nothing on Jesus, man. I don't have the boldness. <laughs> I don't have the gall to speak the way he spoke in the way he spoke it. It was his time. That was what he did. I'm a different person. I have an assignment from the Lord. I'm doing my best with what he gave me. Just the mailman. Amen? <laughs> the spirit wins, blows as it chooses. When, I, when we went to two gatherings, I'm trying to give you story examples here, okay, of this stuff just working. When we went to two gatherings, I was told by well-pedigreed professional church people that that was a mistake. I'm going to quench the Holy Spirit because you got to stop one to start the other. you got to clear the parking lot, all that stuff. It's, that's going to quench the Spirit. I'm like, that's funny. The Spirit's the one who told me to do it. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. I'm like, okay, why? Like, because I've done it. I've seen it done. It always does this. I'm like, oh, hallelujah. Behold, I do a new thing. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? I was told this church will lose all of its presence. It will lose its anointing if you do that. Go to two. I'm like, I'm sorry. The Lord told me to go to two, and there's families who don't know Jesus. I don't care about your opinion. Like, take it home with you. I don't care because I'm not keeping it. <laughs> Person was not happy with me. They said I was, you know, not honoring my elders. I was not honoring the last move of God. I wasn't honoring how God does things. I'm like, bro. <laughs> See you in heaven. The wind blows as it chooses. You can hear it sound, but get this. Let's put that verse back up. You can hear it sound, and we'll just leave it up because I'm going to talk about it for a minute. You can hear it sound, but you don't know where it came from. You're like, oh, God would never do that. I don't know where that came from. Out of nowhere, yeah, God would never surprise me and make me do that thing I was never prepared for. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you don't know where it came from. That's a tell. It's of the Spirit. <laughs> when we manufacture it and build it ourselves, that's when we know it's of man. But when the Lord breathes, the Lord moves, you don't know where it came from. You understand? Where did that come from? My wife says, you're going to plant a church. I'm like, you're crazy. Take your medicine. Go back to the loony bin. Direct quote. It's a direct quote. I'm not embellishing it. She'll tell you, I said those words to her. I have repented. You know, I'm forgiven. Amen. I was wrong to say those things. But that's what I said. It came out of nowhere. And here we are. That was about six years ago. It took me a minute. <laughs> you understand? Don't know where it came from or where it's going. Oh, I know. Plan people. Plan people. Hear this. You don't know where we're going. Still want to go? <laughs> are you sure? Okay. We can have an idea. The Lord shows us. There's prophetic utterances. But we really don't know. If you would have asked me what this year would look like, I would have never told you. I would have never told you that Pastor Joel would have sat me down in a coffee shop. This is my first meeting after my vacation in January. Okay? First meeting. I thought we were just catching up. I thought it was just like, hey, you know. So I sit there. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? How's Bree? How's the kids? He goes, they're good. Thanks for asking. But sit down. I have a presentation. I thought we were getting coffee. 
He opens his laptop, hits the space bar, and it goes, the resting place, Carol Wood. And I'm like, come again? What? He goes, gives me, shows me his team, shows me location possibility, shows me finances. He says, I could do this without you, but the Lord said to do it with you. Would you have me? I'm like, where did that come from? They just signed a lease for a Sunday morning location. They can move in August uh, 28th. Come on. Come on. They've been meeting on Sunday afternoons to build their team, and they're just. Where did that come from? Where is it going? Not my job. So it is with the same with those who are spirit-born. The rest of that verse says, so it is the same with those who are spirit-born. Have you been born again? Anybody here? Okay. That's your life plan right there. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. The wind blows as it chooses. Get over it. I don't like it. Doesn't matter. The mission is the why, and it will never change. The church's mission will never change. Make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I commanded you. Preaching the kingdom of God the way Jesus did. Praying the way Jesus told us to. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the mission. You understand? Hasten the day of the Lord. Bring him. Usher in the return of the king of glory. That is the mission. It's never going to change. But the systems always will. The systems always will. Some of you don't like this, but I'm trying to convince you it's better. We are not beholden to a system we are in love with the Son and cling tightly to Him. I will not be found clinging to anything than the lover of my soul. Even a wilderness will not loose my grip. I will be found coming up out of my wilderness, leaning on my beloved, releasing everything but Him. I will not be holding anything but Him. You need to adopt this for your life for your spiritual walk, for your family. Like it feels insecure. No, in him there is no confusion. And that word confusion is instability. In him there is no instability. God is a God of peace, not of confusion. In him there is no confusion. You've heard that verse? The word is instability. There's no instability in him. You might feel unstable, but you're not when you're in him, when you're in his plans. I have not felt stable the last four days. Okay? I have not felt stable. There's even more going on that I can't tell you about. I have felt anything but stable, but I know I'm secure in him. I know I am. That's why I can preach to you today or at you, whichever one is happening. That's why I can get up here and lead worship in Gigi's absence with Alicia and all this stuff because I'm secure in him. He is the only thing that I know will remain. Do you understand? Listen to this, John 15, 4. Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. That word abide in the Greek means to stay or remain. To stay in a given place, to stay in a state, to stay in a relation, or to stay in expectancy. So the only place we will ever stay is seated with him in heavenly places. Everything else is subject to change. Do you understand? You don't have to like it, but I just want you to understand it. 
Everything else is subject to change. We will stay in the place of his presence. Someone say amen. We will stay in the state of our union with Christ. Amen. We will stay in a love relationship with the Godhead. Come on, church. We will stay in the expectation of his nature being revealed more and more. Amen. We will not stay as we are. We will not stay where we are. We will keep moving forward. Releasing it all to him. There's no other plan. You know what I love about God? He can use anything you give him. He can use your disobedience to get you where he wants you. So why not just obey? God has proven his ability to use your mess. Amen? So why not just trust him to use his message instead of having to deal? <laughs> this is a way of worship. This is a, this is, we say lifestyle of worship. A lifestyle of worship is radical obedience to the voice of God. Radical obedience. I call it aggressive obedience in the spirit. Aggressively obey. Do whatever he's doing. Say whatever he's saying. That's why you need to go. This is why we're laboring. You understand Activate Jesus Lab, all this stuff is a labor. You understand our Wednesday night classes, we have one this Sunday, or th Wednesday with Miss Joy. You understand that's a labor? You understand that takes work? We're laying our lives down here, inviting you into the ability to hear him, the ability to discern his voice, the ability to know him intimately so that when he speaks, you actually get the opportunity to obey. We could do the other thing where you're bored every Sunday and you're a bored Christian who never changes. It bothers me when I meet a Christian who's been like a Christian for 30 years and they're still the same mean old cuss. That bothers me. I'm like, what, what Christ is in there? I'm not doubting salvation. I'm saying we're stewards of our hearts, you guys. Jesus saves us completely. The transformation process is a partnership. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change the way you think. And today I'm calling you to change the way you think about seasons and change. Are you with me? Okay, would you stand? I'm going to read one more verse of you, and then we'll, we'll invite up the prayer team. And this is a very popular verse, and some of you probably... Some of you professional Christians can probably see it coming. <laughs> but I want you to hear it with new ears. I want you to hear it and see the truth of it in a new way, okay? So just, how about this? Let's say it together. I don't need to be right. I need to know the truth. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted. That's called ordained quitting. Some of you don't believe you can quit anything, and it's what's crushing you. This is a word for someone in here on live stream. You believe you can't quit. It would be a lack of faithfulness when God is telling you to quit. There's an ordained moment of quit. You've been told by influential people, don't be a quitter, and that's what's crushing you. God says quit. That's not for everybody. That's a word of knowledge for somebody. I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not advocating 
quitting your marriage. I'm not, I'm trying to knock down all the crap that could come from the soundbite, you know. Gosh. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. Yeah, that's in the Bible. A time to break down and a time to build up. We will not always be building. And neither will you. <laughs> a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. Ooh, I hate losing stuff. It's the worst. But there's an ordained loss. There's an ordained losing. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Is that the word of God for you? Yes or no? Looking for verbal responses. Okay. That's what amen means. It means so be it unto me. That. Be that unto me. Amen? Come on. Let's just do this really quickly. Just maybe just uh, hold your hands out and, and collapse like, um, like a fist. Okay? Both your hands. I want you to picture your family in there. <laughs> I know this isn't easy. You got grief in the room and otherwise. I want you to picture your job in there. I want you to picture all that the Lord has given you, the gifts of God. And I want you to say to the Lord, I release it. And open your hand. I release it. I release it. Lord Jesus, I pray that would be more than a hand motion and a word. Let grace come. Let there be an anointing to release it all. To move your kingdom in pace with you. Because we trust you. And because we love you. We will be holding tightly to the lover of our soul. And we will not be holding to the systems, even the ones you give us, Lord. We trust you. We release it all to you today. This is, this is where the Holy Spirit blows. Like, we're going to do it again. I just heard the Lord say, again. Some of you just did it. You need to actually do it. And you know who you are, but everybody's doing it again. Amen? Let's do it again. Close your hands. This is called a prophetic activation. You understand? When Moses was on the mountain with his hands raised, Israel was winning. When he lowered his arms, they were losing. Physical obedience can bring spiritual release. You understand? I want you to attach your faith to this. I want you to understand the physical motion can release a spirit. It can be a spiritual release for you. Amen? I want you to hold on for a second in your heart, in your mind, to your spouse, your children. Your life, your very life. And I want you to say, Lord Jesus, all of this is yours. I release it to you. Open your hands. <clears throat> yes, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We trust you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored 
empowered and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.